All right, we're back for an all-new show. Listen, this past week, um, everybody's been talking about me and the whole topic of the conflict with Karen Civil. You may have watched The Breakfast Club. If you haven't, go over and see what a million people are talking about. I went on the show to talk about uh, a conversation that I had with Karen Civil. Now, some of you, most of you, probably all of you don't even know who that is. You're going to have to go do your own research. A Google search will tell you somewhat what she does. So this show, really, I want to unpack Blue and Damage, the conversations that have come out of those interviews. There's been a lot of people online, YouTubers, bloggers, different show hosts on radios. I've, I didn't really do a lot of research because when I did The Breakfast Club, I went, with, I went there with all intentions to just unpack it and leave it on the floor and then go ahead and start pursuing my process to, um, you know, to be made whole. But, um, but, but then I went online and I saw all these people uh, talking about it, different clubhouse conversations, YouTube and so forth. And then in particular, there was a big response, a big reaction to the uh, conversation over at the Breakfast Club with uh, Charlemagne and Envy. Uh, Blue Damage, you both saw the interview. We kind of talked about it uh, at, uh, over the weekend, but what did you think? I was very proud of you. And I, and I think I even texted you. I was very proud because there's Jason Lee, the persona, and then there's Jason Lee, the businessman. And I feel like those of us who work with you are privy to that, that other side of you. And this was the first time that I saw him completely take the spotlight and just speak directly without any frills. And I think a lot of folks were pleasantly surprised by how much sense you made. Sometimes the delivery, like you mentioned, things get lost in the delivery and the show business aspect of it, but you showed up stripped down. You were completely honest. You didn't make excuses. And I loved how clearly you laid out why it took so long for her to finally be called out properly. So I love the interview. I was so proud of you. Now I'm smiling for a reason because I was around when the page went down and I know how it affected the team. I know how it affected the revenue. So I commend you because that's a situation to be pissed about. A lot of money was lost. This is when, like when I kind of first started Hollywood a lot and it really affected a lot of things, us not having that Instagram page, but you know, like we always do, we pivoted and we made it happen. But I was really proud of how calm you kept yourself, Jason, because I would have been furious to find out that's the reason why, um, our page went down. So to watch you break it down like you did so calmly and maybe because some time has went by, but I really was like, Jason's doing his thing here because I was there. I know how pissed you were. I know how pissed I was when all this happened. Now, so for those of you that are living under a rock, want to know what happened. So back in 2018, the Hollywood Unlocked Instagram page had grown to 1.2 million followers. Uh, the brand was really on the rise. We were very competitive in the marketplace. And then the Instagram page went down. I found out that uh, later found out that um, a person named Karen Civil, who was known in the culture and has all this perceived respect by the culture, had hired a 17 year old kid to hack the page. Um, I confronted her. I confronted him. I was given the information. You can go watch that episode of The Breakfast Club to get all the backstory on that. But what I wanted to come out of is not be not be repetitive in telling that story. It's really to shed light on how this culture works and how people operate. So that way, the, the community watching can understand better what's happening. Now, this is a picture of Karen Civil, in case you don't know who she is. Now, again, you're going to have to go do your own research. Now, look, um, you're going to have to do your research. But, but I, I had to tell you. I went to the Breakfast Club, and although people like the way that I handled myself in the interview, a lot of people were criticizing Charlemagne because of how he handled the interview. Now, I'm going to let you hear uh, the clip of what has a lot of people talking online, and then we'll get into it. Now, Charlemagne, let me ask you a question. Now. Yes, sir. If it wasn't Karen Civil, let's say it was just a regular person that did this, do you think that that person should go to jail? Or do you say? Or you feel different because Karen's your homie? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't answer that question. Like, like I know Karen, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can't. Or somebody tried to take you down, you know what I mean? And say well, see, I see both sides. Mm -hmm. I understand why Jason feels the way he feels. I can see why Karen got the page taped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, Trust I, me, no. that's Envy's playbook. No. By the way, Envy will get something taken down. Right. There's, nothing there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I do, I do too. I would do it. That's that's my play. But you, I wouldn't hire a hacker. You do, it, you do it the right way. Right. You know, I was there in the interview and I heard what Charlemagne said. And I have to tell you, I have an immense amount of respect for him. And people may be shocked by what I'm going to say. I'm not mad at Charlemagne. In fact, they gave me 47 minutes or 48 minutes to literally lay out my case without interruptions. And I felt that, you know, while it could have been a Karen Bastion session, that is not what the intention of the interview was. The, the interview was to give me the space to share my thoughts. Okay. I don't feel as if 
he was protecting Karen. I felt that he was adding the lens of do we does she really need to go to jail? Now, a lot of you thought that she does, and I, I believe that she does. But nonetheless, a lot of you had a lot to say about Charlemagne. This person said, that Breakfast Club interview with Jason Lee is interesting. The most interesting part is Charlemagne trying to weaponize mental health to get the smoke off of Karen Civil. She's cooked, bro. Another person said, Karen is Charlemagne's friend, and he doesn't want to contribute to the negative but true and necessary talk about her, although Angela Lee is also... Uh, is his friend and he didn't offer her the same grace but jason is his friend as well and charlemagne the god was trying to dismiss the justice that jason deserves but i'm super proud of envy for asking charlemagne if it had been anyone else besides karen civil would he have had the same feelings kudos to envy for that this person just said jason lee on the breakfast club going in on karen civil who was cool with charlemagne and he just sitting there like <laughs> okay <laughs> what did you guys think about that what were your thoughts I mean, he got a clear bias. You know, I know he probably has a history with Karen, and I ain't going to act like I don't have biases here because let me tell you something. If somebody was asking me about something with you, Jason, I'm going to be biased. So I get it. But like you said, uh, they gave you the platform to speak your piece. Um, I feel like overall you got it out there without sounding malicious. It didn't sound like you had any kind of envy, no pun intended. And I feel like it went the right way, but Charlemagne was clearly biased, clearly biased. Mm, okay, so I'm going to speak as the friend who, even when I love you, if you're wrong, I'm not going to have bias. So I'm that friend, right? Who'd be like, oh, I love you so much, you were wrong. So I'm going to say this. Intention does not negate impact. I do not think Charlemagne intended to gaslight you, um, dismiss you, or deflect for Karen, but it still happened, right? So yeah. I think when you are listening to somebody tell their truth, and tell it in a way that is reasonable and just and fact-based. And your response to that is, you don't sound healed. That's gaslighting. And I got very, as somebody who teaches this and educates about this, I got very annoyed in that moment because accountability has two things, acknowledgement and justice. We just got to the point where we're acknowledging what Karen did. We haven't even gotten to the part where she's going to have to deal with justice. So for Charlamagne to skip over all that, and to say, well, now you need to be healed while skipping the steps that are going to inconvenience his friend. I did not like that. Please don't use weaponized mental health in order to stop somebody from telling their truth, especially when justice hasn't been served yet. We can talk about Jason healing once she's behind bars. That's my, my point. Well, what, what, that. well, well, it's funny that you said that because I actually said that she should have the opportunity for redemption. And this is when I said she should have it. Take a look. All right. I hope that we can get healing energy between all parties involved. You know, I do agree. Accountability is very important, but after that happens, you got to give everybody grace and you got to give everybody a chance to grow and evolve. Yeah, that 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 process is called parole. All right. Well, it's Jason Lee. <laughs> that was the end of the exactly. interview. But, you know, but but that's 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 I share the same sentiments, and that's very interesting that you said that. And this is why it's really important that I hope everybody's paying attention while I'm doing the show, because people try to tweak the facts to make you all buy into the bullshit. Just after, you know, in that interview, one thing I do have an issue with that I will say, Charlamagne and Envy, you guys said if she wants to come up here, she can. And her interview dropped immediately after mine, which means she was either already scheduled or she was called immediately right after. Either way, her interview, she went on The Breakfast Club the same day my interview aired and gave the laziest, most pathetic interview for seven minutes explaining that she doesn't understand why I'm upset. And let me tell you guys, why I didn't buy into none of that. And I didn't believe a word you had to say, Karen, because like every other Karen, it's always something, right? You wanted to try to calm and calm the situation, do damage control, because you know what's getting ready to happen. Right after that interview on YouTube, somebody sent me a link to you saying this. Take a listen. That, um, that they didn't have, that they have, um, they had no inkling or 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 part of the closest thing Jason said. Yeah, we were we we were quote unquote neighbors. We lived in we lived in the same building at the same time. You know, I'm a continuous I'm a continuously wish Jason well. If he's talking this lawsuit, this this I'm sending Karen to jail. Okay, we'll see how that happens. We'll we'll see the how that happens because a bitch looks good in orange regardless. So that's one of my favorite colors. And I doubt that's ever going to happen. You've had your time the same way as what I don't like about social media is people wait 
because somebody has a problem with you and then they want to add to it. Well, that's that's it right there. So what she said was a bitch looks good in orange. So that's the that's the spicy Karen that we need to focus on, not this victim that goes on the breakfast club and asks for your sympathy. Now she later texts me and this was the text that I received from her. She said, at this point, it's so much animosity. I'd rather just get on a call and talk because where we kind of left off, I thought it was cordial, but here we are. Evidently, other things that happened transpired I might not be aware of, so let's hash it out. Now, saying that a bitch looks good in orange and trying to show this bravado to get the public to buy into her bullshit and then sending me this private kumbaya text is exactly why I haven't responded to it and why I'm letting the course take its, its course. I, I, I think that what's important is that people be aware that in the interview, I said, I said how she's using her relationships to try to massage the community, the public. And this is what I said. And I, it makes sense. She's now trying to use every relationship she got to hold on to the little bit of credibility that she doesn't have. You, out your own mouth, said you did it. You said you were Olivia Pope. Well, guess what? Olivia Pope never got caught. And if you don't believe me, in that interview, I also told you she was on Clubhouse having a conversation with Joe Budden. Now, Joe Budden was defending her at the time. And in The Breakfast Club, I did take an opportunity to remind Joe of who I am and what I do. And although he thought it was funny, he said it was comical to him, he's yet to respond. But on the Clubhouse, when he was standing up for Karen, I didn't understand the relationship until I did my research. This right here is a post on Instagram or Twitter that says, New Joe Budden Network Podcast on the way Karen Civil and Mingley introduced Girl I Guess starting January 21st. So it made sense that she was being defended by Joe because he has an investment in her. Do you guys do you guys see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I knew about this from the beginning because Joe has a bunch of shows and I went to go look at them and it was him and a couple of my friends are on his platform. And so I immediately understood what his bias was. There's bias all throughout this. Now, so here's the thing I've been seeing online and on social media, and I want to play devil's advocate really quick. Is it possible that the Karen that we are seeing as presenting herself today is not the same Karen that was two years, three years ago that hacked your page. Do you feel like there's some growth in her character? Do you feel like she's turned over a new leaf? Do you feel like she's trying to right a lot of those wrongs from her past? Because I've seen a lot of that talk too, where maybe she's trying to become a different person and that's why she's going about, you know, she went head on with a lot of these issues with Joyner Lucas, even with you, she went head on, she just admitted to everything. Do you feel like that could be a thing? That could be a possibility? I don't care. I'm not even going to entertain what the the loophole is in her in her plan. I know that I have not seen her take responsibility. And again, this is less about bashing Karen. This is about laying out the facts of how the industry at this point is trying to provide a safe space for somebody that has been alleged to be a scammer, a finesser, and who hired somebody to illegally try to attack my business. You know, whether or not she's turned a new leaf, I again, that's to be told when the story is is come to its finale. But with respect to the Joe Budden podcast and him trying to provide a safe space for her and protect her, I think it's important that in the context of when that conversation was happening, it wasn't expressed that, hey, we're here because we have this podcast together on X Network, and I'm here to defend her credibility because my investment is being called into question at this point. You know, again, this is somebody who the culture for whatever reason, at some point named him as one of the voices. I mean, of course, his show has fallen apart since then, and people really aren't as tuned in as they used to. And we don't we don't even see really clips of his show anymore. So I don't even know how often it airs, if it even does. But what I will say is it was clear that day that Joe Budden had her back for obvious reasons. But it was it, but while everybody was mad at Charlemagne, you guys missed an entire conversation that was happening across the street on Hot 97. Now, I've done lots of interviews. I've done lots of interviews. And the only interview I've ever done where I felt it was kind of weird or kind of funny was over at Hot 97 with Ebro and Peter Rosenberg. And I have to tell you, I was extremely disappointed. Uh, Ebro and Peter, you guys are extremely lazy. Um, you, I don't know how you do what you do. And I don't even know why you have a job after watching that interview, because I've never watched many of your other interviews, because if they're as boring as that, I now know why we never post you in Hollywood Unlocked. You all did not do your research um, and you didn't even look like you wanted to discuss the topic, which you probably didn't because you don't really talk about many things that are current. And I understand because you have a job where they book guests and you get notable people that that's probably why we're talking about it when we do, because we're actually talking about them, not what you have to say. But I was really disappointed in how you all 
um, reported on this, but it wasn't just how lazy you all were in reporting it. It was what Peter Rosenberg said that I want to highlight because I get really frustrated when you white boys get so comfortable with the culture and when we feed you and let you get a seat at the table, or maybe you spent 20, 30 years sitting in a studio with headphones on that you believe you grow the balls to take place in our culture and criticize and actually say that you wish that Hollywood Unlock would have been taken down. I want to go ahead and play that part of that interview for you. Take a listen. Jason Lee's story is that she hired a hacker to hack into his website or something, and then the hacker called him because she didn't pay the hacker. Mm. And then, Which, Jesse, by the way, would be the biggest congratulations. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> listen, fat boy, the problem with you is that you are not a boss. You're not an employer. You don't own shit. You're an employee that gets paid to go there and give your opinion that none of us really care about. And I said I was going to turn a new leaf. And this is the improved Jason, because there will be other words coming out to describe you right now. But one thing I will say is that you're a coward, because when I sat in your face in the studio, you didn't have the courage to say that to my face. You know, I would love to come back on your show and talk to you to your face, because the difference between me and you is I don't hide behind a microphone and I don't hide behind a camera. I was, it was interesting to hear him say this because in the midst of my interview over at The Breakfast Club, which is the better show over in New York City, I explained that Hollywood Unlocks Instagram and this show is bigger than Instagram. It is to create conversations around things that impact our people, not your people, Peter Rosenberg. And so to hear him jokingly laugh and for Ebro to not step in and defend the, defend what was right. When I think about the whole heart of the conversation, I know that Charlemagne has evolved, and I know that Ebro is nowhere near as blunt and direct on topics of protecting the things important to the culture. So in some ways, I'm saying, yo, I'm what Charlemagne used to be, and I'm what Ebro wants to be. And when I look at how you sat there and co-signed the bullshit, Ebro, I'm wondering, what are you a company man now? Are you just a guy that sits around and allows this white man to disrespect a black employer, a black business, a black brand that employs black people. How black is that? So I thought that was pretty cowardly, you, Ebro. And I also thought that uh, Peter Rosenberg, you know, I don't really know too, too much your history because you're not anything worth looking at longer than five minutes, let alone researching. But when I look at what you said and how you thought it was funny that she was, uh, you know, uh, uh, possibly able to take down Hollywood Unlocked and keep it down. I thought it was very, very interesting. But I want to show you guys how true my thought was when I sat down in his face on Hot 97. There was an interview that took place there where I was there talking about my book. And the conversation of Wendy Williams came up by Peter. And this is what he said. Listen. You ain't getting a check for being a human. You're getting your check for being a brand. You put your brand out there. You package it up as perfectly as you can. When you know if you shake the shit, it rattles. But you hide all of that because you don't want people to know. But then there are people who have to keep the balance for the people who have perception versus the deception. There has to be a balance. But this is this hold is. Up, but, but hold on, hold on. Justice but, but, warrior Wendy but, Williams. Nah, son. Yeah, I'm not playing this yeah, game. But with everybody you. will suck Bullshit. Howard Stern's dick. Because he's not a black person. Howard is not a shit. black woman. I'm with you. Howard is the same no, shit. No, hold on, hold on. Everybody will suck his dick because he's not no, who's black. Who's everybody? I've never the fucked industry. with Howard. Hold on. The no, industry. you're right about that. The industry. Who? He got $100 million. You're all right. Of us in More than $500 million. All of us in here move the culture, but we ain't getting that type of money. You're not wrong. Why? Because we're not white. And you know what's so but crazy? But Wendy got a bag, though. How she ain't got no $100 million. No, but no, my point didn't. is, is that Howard Stern, what is the difference between Howard and Wendy? Wendy gives it the same way Howard used to give it. He don't give it Howard's like whole brand, though, is not gossip. He is a lot more. Her whole thing is gossip. He's, that's She's 75% gossip. Okay, well, I'll give you that. So. Howard is a lot of other shit and but, always has but, been. He or, did comedy, straight comedy bits, and a lot of entertainment beyond that. But Howard's that. a piece of shit, too. Howard yeah. has a lot of piece and of shit, too. And you're also discounting the fact that he got a lot of those opportunities because he's white. I agree. But that's I mean, a different, but, let's but, keep it but real. But now, now we're using... See, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is this. For us to say that what someone does is okay simply because a person who is white does it, it's, it's false equivalency. It's what we do with but Gail that, King. That, it's, not, it's not a fair thing to do. But see, that's blue and damage. That's where I realize, and even right now in hearing this conversation, I realize I'm arguing with a white man about our culture. 
You're never going to win that. You're never going to win that, no matter who he sits next to, no matter what city he's from. And, and it's it was that moment when I heard him on this interview with uh, or this conversation about Karen and then went back to that interview. Peter is not qualified, in my opinion, to have a conversation on the culture. Jason, when did that interview happen with him? I don't know, 2019. So that was two years ago, right? Um, I think you and Karen are a fascinating case study as somebody who was not at Hollywood Unlocked when the hacking happened. So I have no emotional connection to that the way that you and Damage probably do. I actually went into this open-minded without picking a side. When I listened to Karen talking on Clubhouse, I did not see any improved behavior. We keep on talking about what if she's evolved over the last two years. If she was involved, she would not be weaponizing her personal relationships to gaslight the public the way she always does. Evolution means she would move differently. Jason, mm. in the past two years, we've literally watched everything about you change in this exact same two years. Mm. So there's one person over here who we've watched make drastic changes and is completely moving differently. And there's somebody else who is still doing the same old tactics and still weaponizing her personal relationships to completely bastardize the public narrative. One person changed and one person didn't. So this is not an attack on evolution. It's just calling bullshit on the person who didn't do the work. I think you guys are a perfect case study of what two years can do. Let me just be very clear, Peter. Um, it's very clear to me that you have a hard on for me in Hollywood Unlocked for whatever reason. And again, I'll say it to your face because I know this is going to reach you. You're a coward. And I think that if you had the courage to have all that energy with Karen there, let me come back to Hot 97 and sit down with you and have that courage in my face. And I'm going to tell you, whoever listens to Hot 97 in New York, I don't know how many people do. I mean, we post Funk Flex more than we post you guys. Um, this is a loser show, in my opinion, to have this lazy of a conversation about something that had a direct impact on the culture. 1.2 million people were cut off from information about how uh, young uh, black men and women were being attacked by police, how gay kids were being harassed and killing themselves as a result of being gay, and also how things were happening in the in the, in pop culture that they were that they that they loved to read about every day. And it was bigger than that. There were employees impacted by that. We were impacted by that. But as an employee, Peter, you don't understand that. You guys were lazy. And look at this picture of Ebro and Karen. Now I get it. You guys are friends. That's amazing. This was happier times, okay? But the one thing I know for sure is I don't got a picture with y'all. I only been to your show one time, and you're not my friends. In fact, I don't even want to be on your Christmas list. I look at, though, all of our responsibility, whether we're friends or we're not, and the overarching conversation is about how both shows showed bias. And so in this same show, you guys went on and on and on to dismantle the credibility of me, Joyner Lucas, Jesse Wu, and everybody by saying, let's talk about all the good things Karen's done. And you went down a roster as if you were her PR crisis team. You guys have to go over and listen to that loser interview, that loser conversation. One guy at the bottom, he didn't even want to be there. He was on his phone the whole time. And the other guy, he didn't even know what we were talking about. I hope that people pay are paying attention. My purpose of using this platform, my platform that I created, and all the other platforms that I go on is to keep making sure that you, Joe Public, have your eyes on what's happening, okay? And so I thank you for all of you that are watching and that have had um, a lot to say about all of this. Now, Blue Damage, do you all, have you all ever experienced industry politics where the politics oversee or override what the people's interests may be? All the time, Jason. You know, I've been doing radio since I was 18. I think um, politics is part of the game. And people protect who protect them. So at the same time, you think about Karen Civil and what she does. A lot of people don't know what she does, but a part of that is she uses her relationships to help people. People might be in the jam. She might help them get out that jam. So now that she's in this situation, it might be a lot of favors that people have to repay with this current incident. And unfortunately, I feel like it's being taken out on Hollywood Unlocked. It's being taken out on Jason Lee. But at the same time, accountability. We must hold that person accountable. Wrong is wrong. She admitted to her wrongdoing. So I get a lot of people have these, these relationships. I get it. I understand the bias, but just understand you're going to have your bias and there's going to be a pushback. And this is what the pushback is today. Mm-hmm.
80 million men and women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about, which can make going through it feel scary and stressful, and that just adds to the problem. Nutrafol is formulated with potent botanicals to help you grow hair as strong as you are, and it's physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use natural, clinically effective botanicals for better hair growth through whole-body health. On top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress response, skin, nails, and libido. Visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back into your hands. When you subscribe, you'll receive monthly deliveries so you never miss a dose. Shipping is free and you can pause or cancel anytime. Does it work? Yes. In clinical studies, Nutrafol users saw thicker, stronger hair growth with less shedding in three to six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code UNLOCKED to save $15 off your first month subscription. That is their best offer available anywhere. And it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. Spell N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code unlocked for hair as strong as you are. I think sometimes um, when we say things like the media, I often feel like, well, technically I'm part of the media. And I will say that people don't realize that things like blacklisting really happen. I remember being in certain rooms and, and getting emails or having people put me aside and say, we're not talking about Monique anymore. So blacklisting is a real thing, right? So people literally have phone calls where with one froggy phone call, you can literally end somebody's career. And so we have to be really, really careful about how we weaponize people's relationships and making sure those gatekeepers are actually looking out for the culture and not just feeding off of the culture and being a culture vulture. And Karen always says that she's the hip hop Olivia Pope. First of all, Olivia Pope wouldn't admit to having her hands dirty in front of thousands of people. So that's a weird a weird analogy. And also too, like you have to think about it. At what point do you get so high and drunk off your own persona that you forget the people you're supposed to be looking out for? She's a Haitian woman, right? She always talks about women's empowerment in Haiti. But when that, that organization came out and said that she didn't pay that check for $41,000, she had a full week since that came out. How, why hasn't she called them out and said, here's a new check, I'm sorry. If she was really accountable, she would have tried to have justice and we would have heard about all these people. Joyner Lucas would have gotten a check. The Haiti organization would have gotten a check. Jesse, like there's so many people that she could have fixed this with if she really wanted to. All she's worrying about is protecting her image. And that's why, even though it pains me, I can't believe her because her actions aren't backing up her words. And, and to everybody watching, the culture leaders that you listen to are complicit because they're providing the space, right, to to uh, act as if everything that she's done has not happened. You know, where's the accountability? I understand people being upset at, um, at, at Charlemagne because he gives the donkey of the day. She should have been the donkey of the week. You know, we get it. I understand that you guys feel, those of you watching feel like Charlemagne should have been a lot more difficult or a lot more harder on her. But I have to tell you, I thought that Charlemagne and Envy gave me the, the most amazing space to give an interview that was from the heart. What I want you to do is go and shift your focus and watch that other interview through the lenses of how this industry operates and protects each other. I want to give a shout out really quick to everybody watching this here on Foxhole and listening on the podcast. Foxhole, Black-led network by James DeBose. He saw how important the voice, my voice, our voice, Hollywood Unlocks voice was, and he gave us an opportunity. We're going into our third season where we continue to build with a network that wants to give Black people opportunities to reach the culture. This is where we have to start spending our time with people who are for us, that are doing right by us, and that are making sure that we are continuing to plug into what's happening. Now, I understand that while on the Breakfast Club, Damage Blue, I did say I'm trying to elevate less tea, more cappuccino, you know, and I do want to elevate, but I spend a lot of time in my mind about what does elevation look like? Elevation does not mean playing to the politics of the industry to the extent that you lose your voice. The people expect to log into every show and every podcast and hear from us what we think about what's really happening. And so we have to deliver that. Now, yeah, I'm no longer using the N-word. I'm no longer using profanity where I don't have to. You know, I'm no longer attacking. I'm addressing. I'm going to put it out there. And then I'm going to give space and compassion for that person to come in and, and, and get some uh, redemption. Not Peter Rosenberg. You're not allowed. Everybody else is allowed, okay? 
And again, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. But I do love the fact that people do see the evolution. Um, you know, as far as all the other folks out there, you know, that are complicit in what this person has done, I'm not here to stop anybody's backs. What I will say is that when we give space to people that are looking for us to be the pulse of what's actually happening, you know, what's actually happening, let's be authentic and true because the manipulation games, you know, people thinking that this was just a moment where I waited for four years to out her or three years to out her. No, it was in my new book that's coming up anyway, but I wanted to, but it just happened to be a moment where there was uh, a live active conversation happening for people to, uh, to hear about it. And so I threw it out there. Do, do you feel like some of these, these platforms, these culture curators, you feel like they're afraid? Because if, if she calls mm. herself the hip hop Olivia Pope, and I'm sure she's didn't want or two favors for somebody. Do you feel like if they don't have her back, maybe some more stuff will come out? Do you feel like it's maybe a, mm. you know, a kind of tactic to protect themselves? I don't know. Could be, who knows? You know, these, the, you know, there's a lot of people that have done a lot of favors for me and there's a lot of people I've done favors for, but they've all been based on integrity and, and morals. There hasn't been any, you know, shady slickness going on. I don't know the extent of what she's done or hasn't done. You know, I know that to, to do things to the extent that you get somebody like a big you to weigh in is, is really crazy, you know, and, and, and it's interesting. Um, I don't know, but I will say this. You know, I criticized on The Breakfast Club how some executives who look like us, uh, who are in boardrooms with people that don't look like us, aren't doing enough to move the culture. I think a lot of people are getting concerned because now I'm getting calls from everybody saying, hey, you know, we saw you on The Breakfast Club. That was amazing. Let's sit down and talk. We'd love to work with you. I'm the same person. Before I went on The Breakfast Club, the same person. It's just now, you know, I'm not afraid to really start calling y'all out. And so I will say this again. If you look like me, if you look like Damage and Blue, if you look like us and you're in rooms that we're not in, you have an obligation to open up the vein to their budgets, to their talent, and to access to events that allow us to come there and, and, and provide a snapshot of what's happening. You're obligated to do that. Because then if you if you don't, then you're not really about black excellence. And people walk the, uh, talk that talk all day long, but do they really walk the talk? And it's very often that they don't. What I love about that critique is that you had a problem and you just provided a solution. You're like, hey, this is how you make it better. So my question to you, Jason, is like, how could Karen make this right? If she woke up today and bumped her head and said, let me have some integrity and said, you know what, guys, I did it. I'm sorry. Who do I could have checked to? What plea, what, what plea deal do I need to write? Would that make it right if she just took the L and stopped doing all this extra stuff? You know what? Um I'm not going to advise what she should do legally because like I said, there will be a process for her, at least for us to have that conversation. Right. And I know that we are going to be contacting her soon. What I will say though, is that all this public bravado being shown in order to save face, it's not working. It's not working. And I, and I have to say, I'm so grateful to the people in the comments and online who are seeing it, who are getting it. And the majority of the people reading and watching these shows and listening to what's happening, they're siding on the on the on the side of what's right. This is not cancel culture. This is accountability culture. This let's be very clear. This is accountability culture. And you know what? I've messed up before, and I'm gonna mess up again, and I should be held accountable. But you know, you know, I'm not. I've never said the word she should be canceled. I'm not saying let's all cancel her. I'm saying she should be and she will be held accountable. But this show is dedicated to making sure that people understand that the people around these situations are complicit if they're not holding the same conversations that we're having with people because ultimately you're providing a safe haven for it to happen. And, and Blue Damage, there are so many broadcasters up and coming journalists, bloggers, people who, you know, damage. I've been talking about this course that I'm building in my book that want to get on and do what we do. And what I love about how timing works is that all this is leading up to being able to provide everybody with the tools to level the playing field. So that way, three voices don't control the whole conversation in the culture, that three voices, three platforms don't have the majority stakeholder, that everybody can do it and make money from it if they want to. So it's just divine timing, but I will tell you, um, I've been very disappointed in watching how this has played out and I hope that the public stays woke. I'm proud of everybody. The public is, 
a lot smarter in 2021 than it was in 2011. It's a new day. I think funny enough, ironically enough, because people like Charlemagne have made mental health conversations so big, there are folks out there now who are equipped to see what gaslighting is. They're equipped to see what deflection is. They're equipped to see when someone's manipulating them. So those comments that you're seeing where folks are saying, damn, I wasn't a big Jason Lee fan, but he makes sense. The ability to separate personal feelings from just facts is a result of the work that we've all been doing to elevate the conversation. And now that the conversation is elevated, the audience is too smart for the old tricks. And so I hope Karen realizes that she needs a new playbook because the audience is a lot smarter than they were 10 years ago. And I have an obligation to continue to elevate the conversations too, because like I said, I took responsibility. I know that sometimes my delivery is a little, you know, it's a little much and people get lost <laughs> in what I, people get lost in what I've said or how oh. I've said it instead of what I'm saying. So I have a responsibility to make sure that I'm commuting a little bit more clear, but you know, I have to tell you while that was all happening, you know, there was something else happening that was, um, that was that was dramatic, but something that was equally amazing. I hung out in New York City with uh, Rihanna, my my wife. You know, I'm her gay husband. I hung out with Rihanna in New York City for the Savage Fenty 3 premiere with Amazon Prime. And I have to tell you, Damage Blue, it is my mission in life that I get us all in the same room. Just Oh, Damage, you've already met her. But Blue, so you can smell her, okay? I want to smell her. I want to smell her. She was there, but while this whole conversation was happening about people trying to take Hollywood Unlocked down. My wife, Rihanna, gave Hollywood Unlocked an endorsement. <laughs> she gave Hollywood Unlocked an endorsement that I didn't even ask for. And this is why I love her so much. Take a look. Black media usually never gets invited to these events, but I know you always make sure they include it. Why is it always important to you to make sure you actually stop and speak with us? Because y'all speak to my people. I mean, if I want to speak to my people, I come to Hollywood Unlocked. I have to come to the black media because you guys have a, an audience that I respect, an audience that you're, they're huge fans of mine. I have a lot of fans that are uh, fans of yours. And it's kind of like stupid not to tap into the people that are your customers, the people that look up to you, and the people that keep your, your business and your brand what it is. Could that been have been even more of a better s statement? I just know she was uh, good, man. Speaking of looking good, the optics of this, because you guys know I'm, I'm always about this women's empowerment stuff. One of the most highest paid, most marketable black women on planet Earth is on the carpet talking to a black woman who has been with Hollywood Unlocked since day one about how she wants to make sure that she's speaking directly to her community. Like, I, I need everybody to just sip on what just happened in that clip before we ever push the narrative that, like, oh, you know, Jason Lee doesn't like black women or Karen Civil's for black women. Like, you literally shut down a site that employs black people, including black women who you claim to be for, and it talks directly to the culture. So it's between you and Rihanna. I'm going to pick Rihanna. Sorry. Listen, Rih listen Rihanna dropping that, um, I didn't even know that she did that. But what I will say is that that is why I love the space that I'm in right now, because, you know, sometimes when the things like what happened with Karen happens, <clears throat> you get discouraged or you think that it's over or that nobody's going to see you. And then you see that the biggest, brightest stars actually see you and more importantly, see the relevance and importance of your platform. I thought was really important. And that's why I think Ebro and um, that guy were sleep at the wheel, because clearly you're not seeing Hollywood unlocked the way a mega superstar does. Now, um, you know, I have to tell you guys, I keep bragging about our friendship and our relationship. And I'm telling you that she loves me. <laughs> watch how, no, listen, watch how she looked at me in this other clip. Before she leaves on camera, she promised me I would get some savage, um, some um, perfume. So if I don't, if I don't get a bottle, it's because she lied to me. And oh, one more thing, if you ever get drunk, there's only one person you need to make sure you get water in your mouth so you make it home. <laughs> well, clearly I didn't get fired, Rihanna. I mean, you can't you can't control the world over here. You know what I mean? But did you see how she was blushing? I make the girls blush. Did you see that? Jason, uh -huh. you used your bedroom voice. Uh, Jason, what voice was that? I've never heard that voice before, Jason. That was your that sexy was time voice. No, no, with Rihanna. No, that was my no, that was my Tito's and tonic voice. You better watch yeah. out for that man. Them Libras be crazy, man. Us Libras is crazy. Yeah, Libras are possessive. 
So just don't leave your drink around ASAP. They're possessive. I've had a couple. Rocky was there. He's a great, he's a great guy. Um, you know, I've known him before her, but no, it's just I, I wanted to show those clips because I think it's important in terms of context that, you know, for a long time now, I've been talking about how black media has been villainized, that we are demonized on the red carpets, that we're shifted at the end. Even though we were at the end of that carpet, we were strategically placed there so we could get the last word, which I thought was great. You know, it wasn't like we were wrangled up with a bunch of people that could only ask one question. She took as much time as we wanted, but I really wanted to ask her what her point of view was on, you know, black celebrities showing love to black outlets. And I was just thankful that in the time we're over here on one side of conversations about how Hollywood Unlocked should have been taken down or, you know, how somebody tried to take it down. And then over here saying how important it is that Hollywood Unlocked exists. It's something I just want the audience to just marinate in. Just look at it. Look at it. Why is your biggest favorite star saying that it's important while your, you know, AARP card holding disc jockeys who are on a radio station nobody's listening to? And by the way, this is Cappuccino. Are saying it should go away. Just saying. All right. Well, it wasn't just what happened on the red carpet that uh, mattered. It was what happened actually inside the party. Because, baby, I had on cheetah print. I thought I was somewhere in a jungle. And after that, Tito's kicked in. <laughs> I just took over the party. Now, I am on this app called Bego Live. Now, I told y'all on Bego, I didn't took Little Kim there. I've had Floyd there. I brought Cardi, Tiffany Haddish, everybody there. Well, now I have to add Rihanna to the list because while I was watching the Savage Fenty show with her, she came up behind me and gave me the bunny ears. Take a look. And and this was the time where I was watching the show and she was standing behind me. And and I guess maybe we both didn't know that we were streaming live on Bego. But um, yeah, we were there and enjoying the show. And, and it was a moment that it dawned on me that people were kind of just sitting around. And while the party was fun, I think people were just kind of sitting back watching her. Baby, I got on the microphone and took control of the party. And I didn't know that it got videotaped. Take a look. What's your Now, I'm, I'm a savage, and that was Fenty, and we were actually at a party with Rihanna. So, you know, I don't know why people are afraid to be themselves around her, but, yeah, I took control of that party, and I became the MC. I hosted the Savage Fenty uh, release party with um, my sidekick, Robin. That's probably why she likes you so much. She likes you because you're naughty, and she she's just the people treating her with, like, kid gloves, and you roll up on her like a spider monkey waiting for a wedding invitation, so... <laughs> I think I that's know. probably why she's tickled by you. Opportunity doesn't wait. I have actually added to my bio, hosted the Savage Fenty release party with oh Rihanna. My God. It's literally, it's literally <laughs> on there. You know, um, but th th there were so many people there at the party who were having a good time. We got on the dance floor. Shout out to Sin Santana and Jonathan from uh, Love and Hip Hop New York. They were there. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. We took a lot of great photos. I still don't have them yet because I haven't received them, but it was a good time. So thank you for allowing me to come, uh, Robin and Amazon. All right, supermodel Chrissy Teigen is also in the news. You know, she recently posted this photo on her Instagram uh, where she talked about the death of her son, uh, Jack, who died a year ago. It's the year anniversary of his passing. She um, gave birth to him and he, he didn't survive. And in the post, she said, and to the son we almost had a year ago, you gave me the greatest pain I could ever imagine to show me. I could survive anything, even if I didn't want to. I didn't get to take care of you, but you came and went to get me to love myself and take care of myself because our bodies are precious and life is a miracle. And they told me it would get easier. But yeah, that hasn't started yet. Mom and dad love you forever. You know, it was really sad and emotional. I think about some of my sisters. One of my sisters actually had delivered a stillborn child. And I remember how emotional she was. And so I know that this is a real issue for a lot of women and a lot of women support Hollywood Unlocked. And so I wanted to highlight that because I saw in the comments that a lot of people were trolling her. You know, Chrissy had gone through the process of being canceled after it was reported that she was bullying uh, some model online and, or told somebody to kill themselves or something. And she since apologized and, you know, lost a lot of stuff for that. But now that she's actually sharing a, a, a sympathetic, a, a moment, now that she's sharing a moment that actually hurt her uh, and, and wanting to release this message, people have no sympathy for her. And I just don't think that that's fair. And I don't think they really truly understand how difficult that is. You know, me being a dad, I can't even imagine if I was to lose my son, how I would move on. But I had a girlfriend I dated in 
college and she had a stillbirth and every year it affected her the, the day that her son would have been born i just watched that whole week how it just took such a toll on her and it's just so sad because that's not something that you can prep somebody for whoever told her it's going to get easier that's a lie it, it doesn't get easier i think you come to understand it better and you learn how to channel it differently but that's not something you just get over so i really i want to send her some love and some support i just think it's so ironic that everybody was talking about giving people a chance to evolve and change and shift um i'm not absolving her of whatever she did but if we're gonna be compassionate this is the kind of time where we need compassion like even if you don't like her as a person just as a human being who lost a child um, show her some compassion in this moment. We can hold her accountable later, but kicking somebody while they're down, that is not justice. Um, for me, I lost someone, I share this anniversary, I lost someone very important to me um, three years ago today. It's been three years, not one. And I cried all morning, you know what I mean? Like grief doesn't go away, you just grow in spite of it. The grief doesn't shrink, you just grow. So her grief is valid and we should hold space for her to acknowledge that without having to worry about you guys being petty and trying to get a look online. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I don't understand why people take, you know, opportunities to dig deeper when somebody's going through a low moment. You know, I read the comments and people say, oh, she's just posting this for sympathy. She's doing. Listen, she lost a child. She carried a child in her body for however long she did. And then that child is no longer here. We should give her some grace. And I do think that part of you know, really wanting to evolve is being able to see that point of view, even when the audience is yelling loudly that that she's doing or they're doing something for other purposes. You know, so we do want to send our, our, our you know, our thoughts and our love to Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. And 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 listen, you know, Jack is still going to live on through your memories with him. And, you know, for those of you that don't understand the complexities of giving birth, the woman carry this child in her for a certain period of time and grew an attachment. And so give her the space and the respect to work through those feelings. Um, another friend of ours to the show, Nene Leakes, is also speaking out about the loss of her husband, our friend Greg Leakes, who passed away. And she opened up to People Magazine recently about that experience and um, what it was like. She said that um, he wanted her to move on with her life and that they held a memorial immediately after her his passing in their living room with the body there with the people that were at the house surrounding him and she talked about it in a very beautiful way how she was able to watch him take his last breath and i i'll tell you nini i know you're a tough cookie and i've we've texted on the side and i've checked on you but you know i just want to say it's been really amazing watching how you've been keeping the memory of your husband alive how you've been there for your kids and how you've had an immense amount of support around you my question to you guys is, isn't it ironic how the world works? Like the world will wrap their arms around Nene Leakes and support her in grieving a death because they like her, but then they will attack and try to destroy and harm Chrissy because they don't. Isn't that weird? That's, that's the world we live in today, man. And when it comes to Chrissy, okay, you don't like her. What does the child have to do with it? Like saying all these mean and nasty things, it affects, you know, the unborn child. It's just so disrespectful. Like you cannot like 50 cent. I'm just using him as an example. That means is it okay to talk about his son? Like, why is it so okay if you don't like a person to talk about the people they created? Those kids are innocent. That unborn life is an innocent life and she's mourning that life. It's just, we live in a sick world and we live in a world where people text things in their phone, they send it and they walk away and they really don't put thought into what they're putting out in the universe. Well, the problem is people don't believe these are people, right? People, when they look at social media or TV, they think of good guys and bad guys that are watching a Western. So they're like, oh, this is the good side. This is the bad side. They don't realize that they're just talking about regular people who have feelings and good days and bad days. I think a lot of folks, if they were held to being condemned for their biggest mistake, would all be canceled. So the irony is the audience itself would be canceled by its own metrics. Like you can still be a, an asshole and have a tender moment when you lose a, a parent or a child or a family member. You know what I mean? She doesn't have to be this one dimensional person. She can be both because that's what human beings are. We're all good guys and bad guys at some point. Humanize people again, please. We're humans, not just emojis. 
And 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 it be our people. Like we have to do a better job of of giving more compassion and love to our community. And I again, I'm an example of somebody that's saying I need to step up and do more. And it is an, it is a process where you have to actively work on yourself. And I do think though, you know, when you actively work on it and you because you truly believe it's important that you do that, the work will take place and and the reward will come. And I just I just have to say that, you know, when I look at what happens on social media every day with trolling, and you know, people wanting to harm people. And and sometimes we get lumped in those conversations. Well, you keep posting all the bad stuff that people are doing. We post a combination of the good and the bad because that's what the world is, but we don't lean just on the bad. I think that's the difference. And we don't always go, you know, um, you know, full force ahead asking people to destroy a person because they did something bad. You know, um, but I'm also able to acknowledge that in the past we may have gone a little hard on people than we probably wouldn't have, um, you know, if we didn't believe it was important to keep putting that message out there. So it is a conscious process that we all have to take place in. Cyberbullying is real. Uh, I think that there are a lot of kids out there that are being bullied unjustly. And that's why Hollywood Unlock will continue to tell those stories and highlight them, even if people decide one day they want to take it down. All right. So, um, you know, now that the show's over, I guess my question to you guys are, what are the biggest takeaways from today, from today's show? Because we talked about a lot. I mean, just fresh off our last conversation, I think everybody out there on social media, remember that these people that you leave comments on their pages and you say mean, nasty things, these are real people. And, you know, somebody could do the same to you. And I don't think you'll have the the skin or the the uh, the goal or whatever the word I'm trying to use to withstand it. So, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. It's just that simple. And I would say that we're just human beings doing human shit. Like we are just human beings. And instead of looking at folks as good guys and bad guys, just ask what kind of compassion would I want in this moment? But when you do hold people um, accountable, don't make excuses for their behavior. Compassion still has to have accountability and justice infused into it. Yeah, my greatest takeaway is accountability. We all need to be held accountable for what we say, what we do, how we act, and how we give our gift of commentary to the culture. You need to be accountable to that. I also, one of my also biggest takeaways is that if you're a white man in our culture speaking on black uh, properties within the culture that reaches the people that you think you're influencing, keep your mouth shut when it comes to our issues. And that being held accountable should not change based on who it is applied to. And the last thing I got is this. On The Breakfast Club, I said something really important that a lot of you guys have kept tweeting. I said that what is for you will reach you when it's your turn. I was saying that in reference to, you know, uh, not wanting to look at other people and saying, I want what they got. I want what they got. I'll say something else on this show. Some of you dinosaurs, like the hosts over there, Hot 97, need to be put to pasture and retire so that the real voice of the culture can get the phone, the megaphone that the whole world will listen to and benefit from because of the politics that don't live within. So, uh, yeah, continue to come back. We're here every week. Peace. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.